0: Welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on Knews 98.5. This weekly Saturday program opens a window into local San Luis County public policy, policymakers, and the laws affecting you. I'm your host, Stu Jenkins. I've practiced law in San Luis Obispo County since 1978, handling court cases for the Democratic Party and Republican officeholders. It's been my privilege to serve as Superior Court Special Master and as an elected Port San Luis Harbor Commissioner. I help folks with estate planning, real estate law, and government law. This show brings you the officials, lawyers, and activists who are or who want to shape law and local government. But today we're going to do something a little different. Second inaugural address by Lincoln. So here we go. On March 4, 1865, only 41 days before his assassination, the newly re-elected President Abraham Lincoln took the oath of office for his second term. Lincoln's sa- second inaugural address previewed his plans for healing a once divided nation through Reconstruction. The speech is engraved on the north interior wall of the Lincoln Memorial. This is what he said. Fellow countrymen, at this second appearing to take the oath of the presidential office, there is less occasion for an extended address than there was at the first. Then a statement somewhat in detail of a course to be pursued seemed fitting and proper now at the expiration of four years during which public declarations have been constantly called for on every point and phase of the great contest which still absorbs the attention and engrosses the energies of the nation little that is new could be presented the progress of our arms upon which all else chiefly depends is as well known to the public as to myself And it is, I trust, reasonably satisfactory and encouraging to all. With high hope for the future, no prediction in regard to it is ventured. On occasion, corresponding to this four years ago, all thoughts were anxiously directed to an impending civil war. All dreaded it. All sought to avert it while the inaugural address was being delivered from this place devoted altogether to saving the union without war insurgent agents were in the city seeking to destroy it without war seeking to dissolve the union and divide effects seeking to dissolve the union and divide effects by negotiation both parties deprecated war, but one of them would make war rather than let the nation survive, and the other would accept war rather than let it perish, and the war came. One eighth of the whole population were colored slaves, not distributed generally over the Union but localized in the southern part of it. These slaves constituted a peculiar and powerful interest. All knew that this interest was somehow the cause of war. To strengthen, perpetuate, and extend this interest was the object for which the insurgents would rend the Union, even by war, while the government claimed no right to do more than to restrict the territorial enlargement of it. Neither party expected for the war the magnitude or the duration which it has already attained. Neither anticipated that the cause of the conflict might cease with or even before the conflict itself should cease. Each looked for an easier triumph and a result less fundamental and astounding. Both read the same Bible and pray to the same God and each invokes his aid against the other. It may seem strange that any man should dare to ask a just God's assistance in wringing their their bread from the sweat of other men's faces. But let us judge not that we not be judged. The prayers of both could not be answered. That of neither has been answered fully. The Almighty has his own purposes. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. If we shall suppose that American slavery is one of those offenses, which in the providence of God must needs come, but which, having continued through his appointed time, he now wills to remove and that he gives to both north and south this terrible war as the woe due to them, due to those by whom the offense came. Shall we discern therein any departure from those divine attributes which the believers in a living God always ascribe to him? Fondly do we hope, fervently do we pray, that this mighty scourge of war may speedily pass away. Yet if God wills that it continues until all the wealth piled by the bondsman's 250 years of unrequited toil shall be sunk and until every drop of blood drawn with a lash shall be paid by another drawn with a sword. As was said 3,000 years ago, so still it must be said the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. With malice towards none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right, as God gives us to see the right, let us strive on to finish the work we are in, to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan, to do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. On March 4th, 1865, only 41 days before his assassination, the newly reelected President Abraham Lincoln took the oath of office for his second term. Lincoln's sa- second inaugural address previewed his plans for healing a once divided nation through Reconstruction.